and we are live with another edition of the All Gas No Break Sports Show. I am one of your co-hosts, Nicholas Bavona, joined alongside by Andrew Johnson. And Andrew, we are just a couple of day- days away from the NBA tipping off this upcoming season. A very tumultuous offseason, to say the least. A lot of big-time trades went down. Uh, big-time offseason moves as well with teams sign- team signing new players. And now shaking up the landscape for this upcoming NBA season. Maybe some surprise teams make the postseason this year. Maybe we should have some surprise picks for NBA uh, you know, finals or maybe winning the MVP. But overall, should be another great NBA season upcoming. What are you looking forward to the most coming up this season? I'm looking forward to hopefully watching my New York Knicks have a good season. I'm not going to say they will, uh, but I'm going to say I'm hopeful. Don't That's we all? I'm looking forward to. I know they're not going to contend for a title. I know they're not going to be absolutely awful either, so... That's what I'm looking forward to. I'm looking forward to going to competent basketball games this season, whether it's the Knicks or St. John's. God willing. Yeah, hopefully, because you, you and I both know we've seen some, we've seen some dark I'm ready, times. I'm, ready, I'm ready for football to be over. So yeah, football has been really brutal for us, and we will we will discuss the uh, college football week and NFL uh, week upcoming in the next couple of days here on the All Gas No Break Sports Show, but. Let's get into this NBA season, and it's obviously, as I mentioned, it's been a really wild offseason for a multitude of teams. A month ago, we had a big-time trade go down between uh, Portland, uh, Phoenix, and um, the Milwaukee Bucks. Damian Lillard obviously was involved. All the talk of the offseason was where would he go in a trade. Finally went down. He gets traded to the Milwaukee Bucks, and... That trade brought a lot of things with it. I mean, Drew Holiday now goes to Port, uh, goes from Portland in this deal. Then he gets traded uh, to Boston after that, and it's in a separate deal. You have DeAndre Aiden going now to the Portland Trailblazers. The Suns getting Yusef Nurkic. A lot of different things happen in this type of trade, and really shakes the landscape of the Eastern Conference because you look at Milwaukee now, and they have. A, a big three in their in their stake with Giannis obviously there. Then you have now Damian Lillard. You could maybe consider Chris Middleton that top three if you still think that he's that type of a caliber player. But Milwaukee is definitely a threat in the Eastern Conference this season. Obviously, Boston's going to be up there as well. We don't know the status of what Philadelphia is going to be doing because we still don't know what's going on with James Harden. Um but it looks to be that Boston and Milwaukee are going to be the top two contending teams in the East. Maybe Cleveland and Miami give them a run for their money. In our case, hopefully the Knicks do something this year. But it does seem like to be a two-team race at the top of the East. Uh, what do you think is going to happen in the Eastern Conference? And what were maybe some of the other big surprising moves of this offseason that you saw from any of these Eastern Conference teams? So we, t- we spoke a little bit about Dame and Portland. We spoke a little bit about Milwaukee. But let's actually dive a little bit into Portland before we head into the East and the teams that uh, – I want to start with the teams that were impacted by this trade. Yeah, let's, let's start with the first off. Uh, Portland, they've got Scoot Henderson now. That's their Dame replacement. They got yep. DeAndre Ayton from the Suns. That's a big man replacement for Nurkic. Uh, they got Robert Williams III from the Celtics and Malcolm Brogdon. They re-signed Jeremy Grant and they kept Matisse Feibel, kind of their glue, uh, glue guy. So you can figure that – that's going to be their starting five and their sixth man. This is absolutely massive for the Portland Trailblazers because not only did they get younger, I think they got a little bit better minus Dame. They kind of retooled at a couple different spots here. Defensively, Robert Williams and DeAndre Ayton, they'll be able to complement each other because what uh, Williams doesn't give them on offense, uh, right. that will be given by, Dayton, uh, by Ayton and on defense and vice versa. Plus, you got Scoot Henderson. Scoot Henderson is a very young, good prospect. He is exciting. He gets to the basket. He can shoot well. He wasn't a traditional prospect where he went to a, uh, you know, came straight from high school or he went to a college. He came straight from the G League. So it's going to be interesting to see how he translates. And while he seems to be an offensive spark plug, his potential mate in the his potential um, backfield uh, court mate, might be Matisse Feibel. It's either be him or Malcolm Brogdon, depending on who they want to use. I think for fit purposes, to keep Matisse fair, he could space the floor. He can be a better defender, so he can kind of pick up his slack a little bit. And Malcolm Brogdon as a six-man to run that offense. Good luck trying against uh, scoring him on the second unit. So I think Portland's going to look very good, but let's talk about Boston Celtics now. 
as much as it pains me to say this, I think they may be the best team in the East. Yeah, I'm not. It is. I'm not entirely, I'm not entirely sh- sold on them yet, but you got to listen to what they did. So they had a gaping hole at point guard, and it's no disrespect to Marcus Smart, but it clearly things in Portland were not going to work out for him. Uh, he was the heart and soul of that city. Uh, I'm sure they appreciate for everything he's done uh, done there, but they got an upgrade in Drew Holiday, which is pretty much Marcus Smart but better. Right. They extended Jalen Brown. They kept him. He's been one of the richest NBA players of all time. And kind of went under the radar. We didn't mention this. They got Kristaps Porzingis. When he is healthy, when he is healthy, he is a great defensive center that could stretch the floor. Uh, he's a he's a great passer for a big man, and but he has to stay healthy. And that's been his problem the last uh, couple of years of his career since he left New York. He's missing 30, 40 games a year, uh, 20 games here. He's missing weeks at a time. So if he can get what they saw in New York and not what they saw in Washington or Dallas, combine that with Jason Tatum, uh, that's going to be a very scary team because he's an upgrade from Robert Williams III defensively and offensively. So he's just a massive upgrade when he can stay on the floor. Right. Uh, going to other teams in the East. Now let's talk about the final one of the final teams uh, impacted by this trade, which, like you said, were the Milwaukee Bucks. I, I think this is the perfect pick-and-roll combination since Kobe Shaq with Damon Giannis. Okay. Just think about it. How would you stop Shaq? You would stack the paint, right? That's yeah. that, that was the only way you were stopping Shaq, was you had to st- stack the paint. Same thing with Giannis. But you had Kobe, which the only way to stop him, you had to go guard the perimeter. You had to put an extra guy in the perimeter. So you have this perfect combination again now where you have a guy that's so dominant in the paint, the only way you can stop him is you just stack the paint. And the same thing for the guy in the perimeter and Dame. So it's going to be a great one-two punch. And it's going to be a chemistry issue. It's going to be a leadership issue. It's going to see who's the actual uh, the top dog on this team. That's the only thing I'd be a little concerned with if I'm a Bucks fan. But it's going to be an absolutely great pick and roll. And I'm, I'm excited to see this team. And uh, I guess also a little on the radar, uh, Tristan Thompson, is he going to have a career resurgence? Maybe, probably not, but no, probably not. <laughs> I, I thought that was like a, a fun little footnote to see uh, Tristan Thompson. I guess the final thing we can talk about now is the Suns, um, which they, we thought they won the offseason up until what uh, Boston Milwaukee just did. Massive, massive trades. They got Bradley Beal from the Wizards. They got Nurkic from the Trailblazers. And I, while that is, I think, a downgrade from Aiden. Um, Aiden did not want to stay with that team. He had yeah, problems he, with the coaching he, he staff. Won. He did not like the city and the organization. So. To get him off the team and get him out of your locker room may be a net positive at this point. Right. And the issue was, who's going to play when KD, Devin Booker, and Bradley Beal aren't on the court? Well, you got a couple guys now that can play off the bench. Uh, Utah Watanabe, who was formerly of the Nets. Uh, Bull Bull, which is always exciting. Uh, Kiana Bates, the up. So you have guys, young guys, actually, not the uh, the veterans. The only veteran that they did sign here, which is, might be electric off the bench, is Eric Gordon. But they got young guys to bind to this system. We thought it was going to be a retirement home on the bench. That's it's clearly the opposite here. So it's going to be very exciting, which I think these are the, probably the top four teams in the NBA. Well, excuse me, the top three teams, because Cortland's not going to be competing for anything anytime soon. But yeah, it's going to be interesting which one of these teams are going to uh, emerge. Hey, but my Portland got some draft picks from the Damian Lillard trade, obviously. They got a couple first from uh, Milwaukee. And then the Blazers would also get a couple first-round picks from the Celtics in the Drew Holiday trade. So Portland is set up very nicely for the future. And with Aiden still being relatively young, and now you have Scoot Henderson, they're going to be maybe a contending team in the next couple of years. But obviously it's still a wait-and-see game with them. But, yeah, I think this is an interesting trade with Milwaukee because it's essentially saying, listen, we're trying – to win a championship after a tough end of the season last year. You were the one seed. You lost to Miami in the first round. And you're looking to make an impact. And making a trade like this is telling you the entire world, this is the impact that we're making this upcoming season. We want to get back. We want to win another NBA championship. And you got one of the better players in all of the NBA in Damian Lillard. And this is basically a move to counteract what Boston, you said, did in the offseason, getting Porzingis. Well- now getting Drew Holiday, this is a this is a really big time move, and it should be fun to see what those two teams do. You know, uh, I'm glad you mentioned this. I don't think this was the more so it could be with Boston because, to be honest with you, 
I think Milwaukee's management was okay getting the one ring, but this was more so to retain Giannis because Giannis made it very clear this season or this offseason that if he he's expecting to compete for a championship and not only compete, but win a championship. And if the organization wasn't willing to make moves that could cater to his needs, he was going to just walk away as a free agent in the, uh, not the end of this season, but the end of next season or possibly the man to trade. And, you know, maybe he was bluffing, but if not, they didn't call his bluff because they went out and got Dame. So that's how a front office responds to a star that says, Hey, I need help. The NBA is getting better and we're staying stagnant. So I need help at this point. So you got to amend the, uh, you got to commend the front front office for helping Giannis in this situation. He needs that. He needed that second Cole star when uh, it's an arms race in the NBA here. And you have KD, Kevin Booker and Bradley Beal playing against each other or playing with each other. And you're on the other court. It's you and Chris Middleton. You, you, you need an equalizer at that point. It's just it's not like saying, like, oh, he's not good enough to carry a ring on his own because he's clearly done that. But at some point, you just need an equalizer. And um, the GM and the uh, and the entire staff there in Milwaukee came up and uh, came up big for him. And I'm sure he's very excited to play with Dame this, uh, this season. Yeah, it should be a really fun, as you said, mentioned, pick and roll combo between Dame and Giannis. And I think that's a good segue to seeing what teams are going to make the postseason this year, not only in the Eastern Conference, but also in the Western Conference, as we'll dive into who we think will be the top eight teams in each conference. We did this last season where we picked each team to make the postseason. And I don't remember off the top of my head how we did when we picked those teams, but I got uh, we did ten last year. We're gonna stick to eight this year. The only yeah. team I call I called one team wrong, and my surprise team last year was the Kings. Right. Okay. I did pretty well. I mean, I forget I forget which one I didn't call correctly, but I, I, got, rem- nine, I got nine out of ten right in both conferences. Because I remember year. deciphering between Portland and Sacramento for my last wild card. Or why I said wild card is if I'm talking like MLB, but like. My last playing team, and I think I chose Portland, and obviously that wasn't the, the uh, right decision. But yeah, it was. I don't remember how we did overall, but I think we're we did very see, well. Yeah, I think we did overall mostly decent. But I think now let's see who we think are going to make the postseason this year. We'll just do the the ATs as formerly the old playoff format, and we'll see. Maybe one of us has a surprising team that makes this postseason this year, either in the East or the West. So. Would you like to take the floor with one of your first couple teams, or do you want me to take? Uh, you want me to start at it? So my question is: Do you want to start off the East or the West? That's my question to you. I think, I think the Eastern Conference is a little bit easier than the West, in my opinion, to pick. I, the w- teams. I would tend to agree with you. So, so I these think... are going to be in absolutely no particular order for those who are right. We're not saying like, oh yeah, if I, if for example, I start off the East, I'm like, am I saving Knicks? Like, obviously, the Knicks are not going to be not, seed, Yeah, we're not. I'm going to say that. they are locked to make the playoffs. So these teams that we're saying, okay, these are the locks to make the playoffs, not in the top ten. You know, they maybe make the play, and these are the ones that we think, you know what, we can put it all on the line here. These are the teams making the playoffs, even those ones that are borderline between six for ten that can obviously not make the play. I'm sorry, seven for ten and not make the playoffs. Um, but these are the ones that we're going for. We're saying these top eight are going to make the playoffs. And, uh, boy, who do I want to start with? You have a lot of great great teams out east. Um, dare I say it? I'm going to start with... Um, give me the Boston Celtics, obviously. So give no. me Boston. Give me the Bucks. Uh, I think even though they get trade hop Harden, give me the 76ers. Again, these are no orders. This is no order. Uh, give me the Heat. Give me the New York Knicks. This is where it gets a little tough now. After this, like these top five, it's where the, it really uh, opens up. Give, I'm, I'm gonna, gonna say, give me the Hawks. I'm gonna go on limb here. I'm gonna say, give me Trey Young and the Hawks. There is a team that I'm shocked you haven't said yet. Is there a team? You- there is a team I'm shocked you have not said yet. Let's see. I said Boston, we, Milwaukee, we, we Philadelphia them. Heat. Oh. Pfft. Yeah, I'll, I'll put have, Cleveland in here, they too. Ha- they have to be on there. Yeah, Cleveland has to be in here, too. Um, and now it's the last team I have to put in. I almost completely glanced over Cleveland. So I thank you for pointing that out. Yeah. I was going to say, wow. And now I'm between... I think I'm between uh, um, Toronto and Chicago now. I don't know who I would pick over them. Um I think I think Chicago's gonna end towards a rebuild, and I think Toronto's trying to retool. So give me Toronto as the last team to make the Eastern Conference playoffs. So give me 
again, Boston, Milwaukee, Philadelphia, Miami, New York Knicks, Atlanta Hawks, Cleveland Cavaliers, and Toronto uh, Raptors. I was about to say Blue Jays because baseball's on nine by now. Vivid Raptors. Yeah. The Raptors got one of the better players in the NBA draft, Grady Dick, remember? So that could bring some uh, some exciting things to Toronto this upcoming season. Ooh. And I will now uh, – I'll, I'll give the floor to you now, Nick. Well – I'm sure I, your list may not be it's besides not the be top too six, much. it's not gonna be it's not gonna be that much different. Right, it's not gonna be too much different. Boston, Bucks, Knicks, um, Cleveland, obviously. Miami should be back there no matter what. Uh the 76ers, I think, are not gonna be like what they were last season, top three, just because if Harden doesn't play, Embiid is gonna have to do everything, and it's gonna be really tough for Embiid to just do that all by him his lonesome, so I think Philadelphia makes the playoffs, but it won't be as they were last season. Then it really comes I, I, down. I can agree with that. Then it comes down to the last couple of teams. I think Atlanta does make it. I just think they have too many playmakers on that team to not make the postseason. So that's why I would let, tend to lead with that one. And then it really comes down to that last spot in the East. Um, Chicago, I'm not really sold on either because I think they're in a spot. I think they're going towards rebuild. I, I think, think they're gonna. I think they're gonna just fire self a team. Right, I I don't I don't know where they go with Zach Levine at this point. I I think it's you know that's been a trade that has been rumored to be happening for years now. And I think we're getting closer and closer to that happening. Um, I'm not as sold on Toronto honestly. I don't really think that they're there yet. I just think they're still like going over the hangover from the Files Championship when they won a couple years ago, and I don't really like the team on paper. So it's it's really tough right now because there's some young teams in the East, and there was a team last season, Johnson, and if you remember, that made some that was making a little bit of a stride towards the end of the season that could have almost made the play in, and obviously at the end of the season it did not go out for them. But I it's I, I I'm really torn between the two teams now. It's either for me Indiana or Orlando. They were very both of them were very close to making the postseason last year. Um, they obviously missed the play-in by just maybe two or at least one to two games. And I think it's really going to come down to me who brings them into the postseason. And I honestly think maybe it's Indiana. I like what they did in the offseason. They got Bruce Brown from the Denver Nuggets. They traded for Obi Toppin from the Knicks. They got some good draft uh, draft uh, players in this year's past NBA draft. And as much as I want to lean towards Orlando, because I think they are going to be a team to be reckoned with in the next couple of years, I think just having a star player like a Tyrese Halliburton can lead Indiana to the postseason. So I think Indiana, for me, even if they aren't the eighth seed, I still think they're going to be in the playoffs no matter what this season, as either the eight or as a play-in team as the nine or ten. So I'll take the Pacers. Really? Okay. I, didn't, I don't think I was expecting a Pacer action today. I think we tried that last year. It didn't work. But I think just because of some of the role players they've added to their team, I think that's why I like them a little bit more. I'm not really sold on Chicago. They might make it, but I'm just not sold on them. And the same thing with Toronto. I'm just not really a big fan of those two teams. I think that's uh, that's appropriate to not be sold on those teams yet because there's a lot of question marks going throughout the rest of the season. We don't know if they're actually going to um... – and and we didn't talk about committed to actually winning basketball because there's so many questions in the front office as well. Right. And we didn't talk about Brooklyn either, but I, I'm not sold on Brooklyn because they really did not have a good second half of the season with that new core. And now you're getting a full year with that new core. And I just think they're not in a good spot right now. And I think they're going to be a team that's probably going to be picking high in the NBA draft. But keep in mind, I don't know if this is the start of the year where they don't have their first round pick because I think the Rockets hold, uh, hold it. I believe so. They do, yeah. So, all right. So, um, uh, I guess let's start off with the West now. Uh, the West is a whole different animal because there's so many teams on. While the East is kind of heavy in the middle, the West is heavy on top. Right. I would say the the eighth seed in the Eastern Conference would be a lot better than the eighth seed in the Western Conference. But my God, the one seed in the West is going to be a monster compared to the one seed in the East. I think that's a fair analysis. Would you uh, is, would you agree? That's definitely a fair analysis. I, I don't tend to disagree with that at all. So I think there's one team we haven't actually spoken about yet, and it's I can't believe we didn't speak about them yet. Uh, the reigning, defending, 
world champion Denver Nuggets, with, led by the man who takes uh, who takes basketball as a side gig. <laughs> He's all about his family and racing horses, and not really winning championships. And it's gonna be funny by the time he's over his career because he's probably got five or six rings. And a guy like Shaq's like, man, if only, uh, you know, that could have been me. It's gonna be weird to see some like some of these legends say like, wow, this guy didn't even take the game seriously, and yet here he is. He's an all-time great player. Uh, let's talk about Denver because uh, they're the number one team I have on my uh, on my list here. I think they're going to be a fantastic team next year. But I'm not really sold to see if they're going to go back-to-back. And this is the first team I'm going to have on my list, but I'm not really sold if they're going to go back-to-back. I don't know if you have any um, any comments on that, Nick, if you think they're going to actually go back-to-back this year. I think it's going to be tough because the Suns made some moves in the offseason. Golden State obviously got Chris Paul. The Lakers improved their bench. I think they have a possibility of getting back there, but... I think it's going to be a little bit more difficult than it was last season for them to get back there. Yeah, like you said, they added Chris Paul, Golden State. That's another team we really didn't talk about. That could be their uh, this could be their last dance. This could be it for uh, for Golden State. And um, I'm not gonna. I don't know if I have them in my playoff black bracket. Actually, I think they're a heavy favorite to make it. But let me just go through the teams first that I think are going to make it, that are locks to make, it, and then we'll kind of go from there. Yeah. So. I'm going to start with the Denver Nuggets, obviously. Give me the Suns. Give me the Clippers. Because now that they have that new rest rule in place where you can't rest two All-Stars together, which is a little weird because Paul George and Kawhi can't rest together, but um, Jamal Murray and Nikola Jokic can. Just a little uh, tidbit that they can't do that. Um, So give me the Clippers. Give me the Lakers. Uh, Could also be LeBron's last dance. I don't think he's going to win a title this year, but that's going to be interesting to look at. And now I'm kind of getting down here because I have the Mavericks with Luka and I have the uh, Grizzlies with John Moran because you can't count them out. But then you come to seven and eight. And the the glaring team I left out here of Golden State Warriors. And I think they're a heavy, even title favorite this year. But how much does Clay Thompson have left in the tank? That's what I'm asking. They're going to be asking him to play power forward this year. That's wild, insane. But, yeah. That's insane, by the way. He, if you said, oh, yeah, Clay, when you're 29 years old, if he said seven years ago, play power forward, I would have said, all right, he can maybe do it. He's got some athleticism. He can, he can keep up on his defensive rotations, but he's old now. He, I, I, he's going to have to guard guys that are way, way bigger than him. I don't know if he can actually keep up with that. I think that's a kind of a, a stupid request by uh, by management to have him I guess play defense against power forwards. So that's the one question mark. Cause I don't know how long that experiment's going to last because Chris Paul is not coming off the bench. He's going to be a, as a starter, but um, so with pick seven and eight, I'm left with a couple teams, golden state, Sacramento and the Pelicans. So with that being said, I think I'm still going to keep golden state in there. I think they sneak in, but they're not going to be a top five team. Like everyone thinks they are. And I'm not going to bet against the Kings. I think the odd man out here are going to be the Pelicans. I I, I don't believe in Zion's, you know, um, I don't want to say ability to stay on the court, but his drive to stay on the court. Because I think he's one of the best talents the NBA's ever seen. But kind of like a la Greg Oden, he can't stay healthy. The guy is just constantly on the bench. He's hanging out. Uh, No disrespect to him, obviously. But just to me, he is... um, he needs to prove something before I can say, oh, yeah, he's going to make the playoffs. He's going to be healthy. He's going to have his first full season in the NBA. Because he's even when he debuted as a, um, as I say, a freshman, as a rookie, he wasn't healthy. He had to sit out the majority of games his rookie year and only started making that comeback towards the end. So I, I think I'll have to pick against that until I see him play 65-plus games in a season. So right. I'm going to kill off the Kings as my last team in. Okay. So, I agree with you on Denver and the Suns. I think those are pretty much, you know, the top two locks for the West. Um, I think Golden State will be fine. I think they're, you know, they still have a lot left in the tank for them. So, I think they'll make the playoffs. Um, Lakers made a lot of moves in the offseason. I think it would be catastrophic if they don't make the postseason. So, I think, being as it may, the Lakers do make it. The Clippers, depending on their health, should make it as well. Um, and then it really gets down to a couple of teams. I think Memphis does make it, even though Jaws suspended, remember, to start the season. They still right. have a really good team on paper. 
And once Ja comes back, that will help them get better as the season goes along. So I think Memphis should make it. I think Dallas makes it too. I'm not really sold on it though, but their defense yeah, was okay. their defense was a huge issue for them last season. But I think now you have a full year of Kyrie and Luca. Kyrie's there for a couple more years now after signing the extension in the offseason. I think that is big for this team. Uh, Derek Lively, I think, could be a really good center for them defensively. I think Dallas will be back in the postseason this year. Um, I don't know if it's going to be as a play-in team or not, but I still think they get back there. And the big surprise for me, Johnson, I know Sacramento had a monster year last year. I don't think they made the postseason this season. You going to bet against them again? I, I'm going to bet against them again. I'm, I I know it, it bid me last year. Um, I, I don't know if I'm sold on it going back-to-back this season. And I honestly love what um, the Oklahoma City Thunder did last season. I think they made the postseason this year. You're going to get Chet Holmgren now for a full year. You got some younger talent. They got Victor Oladipo this offseason from the uh, Miami Heat that brings some veteran leadership to that team. And they're a fun team to watch. You saw what they did in the postseason. They they beat the Pelicans in the playing game. They moved on. I think they ha- they are a team to watch for this upcoming season. And I think this is the start and the catalyst of a year where we say, oh boy, the Thunder are starting to make that type of a run that no one wants to see in the next couple of years because they're going to be a dangerous team. I think that's the start of, the, of it this season. So I got OKC making the postseason this year as either a play-in most likely a play-in team, but I don't think the, the Kings get in. If they do get in, it's going to be a play-in team. I don't think they're going to be a top three, top five seed in the West. Oh, no. I'm saying they're going to be like a top seven. I, I have them as like my seven or eight spot. I don't have them locked into the postseason it's, at all, so I completely agree with you. It's tough for me because I think New Orleans, I think gets in no matter I, I think I think they still make the play-in either way. The Timberwolves are a team we haven't talked about. I still think they make it either way because they still have Cat and Anthony Edwards. That still should be a playoff team. And I I really don't know after that. I mean, I think Sacramento has the ability, obviously has the ability to make it, but a team I think that could really make uh, a run at making a, a play-in spot is the Rockets. I think the Rockets have a chance to make the play-in this year. You saw what they did in the offseason, whether that be, you know, we agree with how much money they gave you some of these players. They got Fred Van Vliet. You got Dylan Brooks. You drafted uh, Amen Thompson, the draft. Cam Whitmore, they got at number 20. They signed veterans Jeff Green, Aaron Holiday. They made some really good moves in the offseason. Now, Ime Udoka, the former Boston Celtics head coach, is going to be their head coach this season. I think the Rockets are a team to watch out for this season because I think they could make the postseason as a playing team this year. I like their chances, honestly, more than the Sacramento Kings, and that's I'm probably going to be taking really bad out of context once the season goes along, but... I do think the Rockets have a good chance this year. Man, so you trust them more than the Kings? I I, I look at who are the coaches of the Kings, and it's no disrespect to Mike Brown. He had a great year last year. But I've seen his previous track record, and it's not been great. Um, I just don't know what I'm getting out of Sacramento. Is it, Was this all a fluke? Was it a, you know, a, ma- a magical run last season that ended to the, to the Warriors in Game 7? Or are they going to prove me wrong and make the postseason again as a top five C in the West? I don't know. I just don't trust it right now. All right. So those are some bold predictions from the both of us here because I'm not sold on some teams. You're certainly not sold on some teams. And yeah. uh, the good thing is I, there's a lot of full mush going on here, but it would be it's almost impossible to fully mush predicting the playoffs unless the unless the conference standoffs upstandings completely flip there will be no full mush so right. this we cannot call this a mushing hour because we're just predicting how the season will go i mean if the pacers somehow end up being like the one seed and stuff like that that'd be crazy but um i don't think we'd ever see anything like that i won't be, say it would, I won't it would say bring called, full mush to another right. uh another level i won't say i called it if the pacers like make the playoffs like that but i'll i'll, I'll say i'll call that if they make the at the play in so I think that's fair. All right. Um, so let's go into our MVP prediction now. So over the last couple of years, we've seen some, I don't I don't want to say MVP controversy, but um, can we talk about it yet? Well, we can talk about how we mushed Luca last year. 
we did mush Luca last year, but the wrong guy won MVP last year. No. And even if he does become a New York Nick, which he's been linked to over the last couple of years, uh, or last couple of months, I should say, um, I will still maintain that Nikola Jokic should have won the MVP last year. I don't think that's very controversial. Yeah, that's fair. Um, but now we have a chance to wipe the slate clean and actually get a good MVP. And I, I don't mean good MVP, but, but the right MVP. Um, so I will defer to you. If you have one or two guys you think could win MVP, if you think it's, you know, one guy already has it locked up 100%, uh, I would like to know your thoughts on who you think the early MVP favorites are in this way too early prediction. So I look at some of these these teams and what they're going about. You look at some of the MVP candidates like Luka obviously has Kyrie Irving now. Yas now has Damian Lillard. Jason Tams obviously got now Porzingis on his team with J- Jalen Brown. Uh, and Bede might not have Harden, so that could really, in my opinion, really even you know make his stock go higher for MVP this year. I, I'm leaning towards uh, Jokic being my MVP pick, and that's probably where I'm going to end up going with this. But I think a sneaky—I don't, I, I don't know if it's sneaky enough to say it's sneaky, but I think comparing to what the other play, like how many players are ahead of him in the MVP race. I think SGA has a really good shot at winning MVP this year. He was amazing for the Thunder last season, and I would not be surprised to see him win MVP. And if if my prediction do, does come true and the Thunder make the postseason, I think it's just going to be because of SG, SGA playing lights out for that team. So um, I'm going to right? I... so go with Jokic, and then SGA is, I would say, I think for me, is going to be in the top three. I don't know if he's going to be runner-up, but I think SGA will be in the top three MVP voting. So I'm glad you brought up SGA because I have a top three as well. Uh, I don't think we've ever seen a player like SGA that's done, I don't want to say anything in the NBA because clearly he's lighting it up every night, but nothing noteworthy in the postseason to be anointed as a top 10 player. Right. Because you you had to remember a couple of years ago when Luka was playing night and night out, he was having these fantastic games and it took him a couple of seasons getting first team all NBA to finally get anointed by a, a large portion of the NBA community as he's the next guy. Jokic had to earn that same respect, too. Giannis had to earn that same respect. So it's wild to see a guy like SGA, and again, no disrespect to him, be anointed this early when, you know, other players have had to actually, no, I don't want to say work for it, but, yeah. you know, actually have to, uh, like, win something. Because even Dame still faces that same criticism night in and night out. It's like, oh, he's not a top whatever guy because he's never won anything. So to see him rise from probably a top 30 player, all-star, um, fringe all-NBA player to, yeah, certified top 10, you know, MVP candidate, uh, maybe first-team all-NBA member, it's crazy because it seems like it happened in one offseason. But I've got three picks, and I'm also going to agree that Jokic should win another MVP this year. He should have won last year. Uh, the Philadelphia media went on all-out attack, and uh, – just because Jokic had a pretty much Jokic had a bad end of the season for the last like week or two, that's what sealed it. Like you know, they completely ignored the other seventy plus games of the season. They just focused on the last you know five or six games, ten games of the season, and that's why Embiid won it, which is the dumbest reason of all time. They just were looking for a reason to take the award out of the guy's hands. Whatever. I'm still gonna say Luca in the top three because you can never count him out. And this is my sleeper pick here. I know I just kind of talk about Golden State not working, all that stuff. I have him in the playoffs, so I don't have him not that high. But what if it's all, what if I'm the guy that doesn't know it, right? What if I'm the, like, oh, I don't think Chris Ball is going to work at point guard with Steph Curry and Clay Thompson at power forward? What if it does work, though? And if it does work, Steve Curry's going to look like a genius. Golden State's ball movement's probably unparalleled, something we've never even seen, probably would rival any team. Like, it would look absolutely crazy. It would look probably it would look like a college team playing a high school out there, and Steph Curry wins another MVP because I okay. think this is his last real chance to win an MVP. He's at the very very end of his prime. This is probably his going to be one of his last productive good productive years. I'm not saying he's going to fall off after this, but it's probably his last of his best productive years this year. And this could be the final ride with the Warriors. So if he finishes, top, if they finish like you know fifty plus games, of the West, he's top two, top three. And if it's a, a coin flip between him and Luka Jokic, I think they're gonna give it to Curry because this could be the last time he wins MVP. So 
on the off chance that this whole experiment works with Chris Paul, Steph Curry backcourt, Clay Thompson at power forward. Uh, I think they're running Draymond at center. You can correct me if I'm right. wrong about that. No, they definitely are. So, so the tallest guys with a small forward at Wiggins, which I think is six eight, which is nuts to me. But if this all if if small ball really does win with with these thirty plus year old men, give Curry the MVP. That's 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 my sleeper pick. But I would say Jokic number one, Luka two, and Curry number three. Those are the uh, that's my I guess ranking over. That's my uh, hierarchy. For NBA players winning MVP this season, yeah, I think for me it's going to be Jokic. I have Yas being number two. I think Damian Lillard's going to help him a lot mm-hmm. in that scenario because with the pick and roll, I could see Yas easily averaging a triple double with that, just because now he has another option to throw the ball to. And I think Yas, if it's, I think honestly for me, if it's not Jokic, it's going to be Giannis. Um, I want to put Luca in my top three. Um, there's been some injury concerns, which concerns me. For Luca this upcoming season, and I want to go with the sexy pick, so I, I'll keep I'll keep with the SGA as my number three. But yeah, I don't hate the Seth Curry pick. I think I think he's gonna have a really good year with with uh, Golden State. I think the Warriors are gonna have a, a good year despite the small ball that they're gonna potentially be playing this upcoming year. I still think they'll be a top team in the West no matter what. All right, so that's good to hear. Uh, give me your early finals prediction as well. Like you can just say you can give me a, a, a matchup or a couple teams that make the finals. It's tough. It's always tough picking the NBA finals. I think for the West, I I don't know where to even go within the Western Conference. I think if I had to pick a team right now that's my favorite, I think it's Golden State. I think Golden State would be the team in the Western Conference for me to make the finals. That make the if and if it's not Golden State for me, the next team that I would probably take, I, I want to say Phoenix, but they burned me so bad last season. But then again, they have Bradley Beal now added to that team, which I think is going to be really good. Um, for me, I think the Western Conference is, in my opinion, it's a top three race between Golden State, Denver, and Phoenix. I think the Lakers will be fine this season. I just don't think, compared to those other two, those other three, I should say, that they're going to be able to beat them. But no, my luck, LeBron will prove me wrong, and he'll probably get the NBA Finals now that I'm saying this. But I think I like Golden State's chances of making it. I think you have Steph, you have Clay, you have Wiggins, you now have Chris Paul, you have Draymond still there. You brought him back because remember there were rumors he was going to leave this past off season. So you got all these guys in your starting five. I think the biggest concern for the Warriors is going to be how is their bench going to do this upcoming season? If the bench has a good year, then they're going to be fine. They obviously lost DiVincenzo to the Knicks. Um, they got Dario Sarge and Corey Joseph. They had, a, they, um, they had Rudy Gay, Rodney Magruder, but they just cut them two days, uh, two days ago. Bringing up Pazimensky from Santa Clara is going to be a really good player for them, in my opinion. So, I think the Warriors, what it comes down to is, is their bench going to be good enough to help them make the postseason and help them make the NBA Finals? I think I would tend to lead towards them being my NBA Final pick in the Western Conference. And then uh, I'll go to the Eastern Conference in a second if you want to make your Western Conference pick. Okay. Um, So my Western Conference pick, I want to pick Denver. I want to pick Denver. But it's so hard to go back-to-back. Right. Never. I know we just lost Troy Brown, too. Right. Well, Bruce, Bruce Brown. Brown, Bruce yeah. Brown. Yeah, yeah. I know what you meant. I know I said Troy Brown. Uh, I know we just lost Bruce Brown, but uh, do I want to pick Denver? You know, give me the Suns. Give me the Suns. Oh, New, boy, York, fall, New York Suns. <laughs> I'm, I'm pulling for it. He's, give he's me Suns. for it because we did this I'm, last season. I know. Give me the Suns because, you know, they got Bradley Beal now. You know, Devin Booker and KD. Narcan is still not, is still not a bad center. Yurkic is viable. He's a they're, good. He's, he can stretch the floor too. Their bench is pretty good too. I, I I don't think their bench is that bad. No, it's not. That's what that's what that's what's kind of selling me. Like I still like Eric Gordon off the bench. I like Bull Bull. They have viable options. They, I think they can go eight or nine deep in the playoffs to give them some rest. So give me the Suns. Uh-huh. Um, I, I I really want to say Denver, but I don't want to jinx them. So give me the Suns. Then they also get. Did they get Grayson Allen that trade, or was he in the? Uh, did he go to I, Portland? 
I think I think he's in Portland. I'm not sure though. I, I could be wrong, but I don't remember. I'll, I'll check that uh, in the moment time. But uh, do you want me to make my Eastern Conference pick, or do you want to take? Uh, I will defer to you. You can you can go make your Eastern Conference pick. Okay. Well, I said it earlier. I think this is pretty much a two team race in the East to make the NBA Finals between Boston and Milwaukee. Um, because it uh, it's tough. I think you look at these two teams. Milwaukee got Dame now. Boston got Porzingis. They now have Drew Holiday. I, I think if not for making that Drew Holiday trade, I think I would have leaned towards Milwaukee being the team for me in the Easter Conference. But I think we get a rematch of the NBA Finals this season from a couple of years ago. I think it's going to be Golden State versus Boston in the NBA Finals. I think oh, just, boy. I hope I, not. I hope not either, but... Getting, I just think just getting a guy like Drew Holiday to add to that team, I think is huge for the Celtics. I think you saw you spoke about it. He's a clear upgrade over Marcus Smart, but he does a lot more than Marcus Smart did in terms of scoring ability, and that's what's so good about Drew Holiday. This is a guy that's made NBA, has been a former NBA All Star, can easily be an All Star again, in my opinion, if he has a really good year with the Celtics, and. They really had a good overall offseason. I think getting Porzingis was good. You got Jalen Brown back. Uh, they really didn't lose as much in the offseason, I think, in my opinion. Obviously, losing, they traded Smart away. They traded Grant Williams away. Williams and Brogdon were in the Portland deal for um, Drew Holiday. I don't think it's too much of a loss for this team. I still think on paper they are the best team in the Easter Conference. I think... Compared to Milwaukee, I think they are the better team. So I will have Golden State taking on Boston in this year's NBA Finals. Uh, I hate that your prediction is probably right. That's that's what's really upsetting about this. Yeah. Um, I'm also going to go with a, a Finals matchup we already had. Give me the Bucks. Give me Dame to finally make it to the big dance. Give me Giannis to finally get back there. And give me a rematch that we had a couple of years ago in the first year post pandemic. I think it was twenty twenty one. If I'm correct me if I'm wrong. Yes, they've got what it takes, and I'm not gonna pick Boston. I'm not gonna pick Miami. So give me Milwaukee. That's the only thing I think uh, that would keep me okay and keep me sane. Okay. Now, making that prediction, who do you think comes out as the NBA champion? Uh. Is this finally t- Phoenix's time? Yeah, because Chris Paul's not there, and I think it'd be super ironic for them to win a championship as soon as get, as soon as he gets traded. So, now you look at my NBA final, Johnson. I think I have to ask you the question: What is the worst option for you? Chris Paul finally getting that illustrious first championship, or the Celtics winning another t- another title? What's worse, the Celtics worse winning another for- title. That, that's by far. Well, congratulations, because I'm picking the Boston Celtics winning another NBA championship. Uh, no thanks. I make you know, nope, no, no thanks. Well, listen, for me personally, I don't want that to happen because of Boston. You know how I feel about that. But if we consider this kind of a mushing hour, think about what I'm trying to do. Yeah, I am mushing the Suns right now, so that's okay. So, listen, I I think this was something we did in the remember remember what we did in the NBA playoff prediction. We had. Boston versus Phoenix in the NBA Finals most of the time. We had the Celtics going to the championship, and obviously that did not work out because they both got eliminated by the time the uh, conference finals got there. So I think I think just because of what Boston did in the offseason, I think compared to what the Sun – and you got to think about the matchup too, where they're facing Golden State, they have so much size compared to that Golden State team. I think that's going to be too much for the Warriors to handle. I think this that's is what could, Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, like you said it right. I think that's what concerns me because they're so short. They don't have a big man. They don't have a true big man. I know Draymond acts like the big man, but he hasn't been able to. Listen, sometimes it now. works, sometimes it doesn't. It really depends on how Draymond will do at center. We've seen him play center before, so it's not it would have been yeah, the first Absolutely. Time. Like I'm not discounting him in the past, he's been absolutely fine at center. He's been great. It's more of, you're, you're more concerned about Clay Thompson. Now. And yeah, in yeah, the, the age, obviously, of the team. That's fair. Um, but being that as a maze, is there any other surprise that you have for this upcoming NBA season? I'm glad you asked that. I have one surprise, which I think will be a, uh, a big one. Can you name me the last rookie to make the all-star game? 
Ooh. Was it, uh... It's been I, 10 since 1985. I want to say Luca. Luca did not make it, no. Really? He didn't make his All-Star year? No, sir. Uh... I don't even know. What do you, what, when was it? Uh, 2011. 2011? Was that Blake Griffin? No, that's yes, not it Blake. is. Oh, it was Blake it Griffin. Is, it, Blake Griffin is the last rookie to make an All-Star game. And really? I'm saying that Wemby will have the Spurs in the playoff hunt by the All-Star break. They will ultimately be like another Jazz uh, and not make the playoffs. But Wemby will get an All-Star game for the first rookie since 2011. So the first time in over uh, 12 years will a uh, rookie make the play- All-Star game. Okay. I was not expecting you to say that. I, I think, it, listen, he was he was absolutely cooking in the preseason. I know it's the preseason. You can't really, you know, get too excited. But the fact that he's able to pull off these moves at such a high level is incredible. So I don't know how he's going to look in the regular season. But he could be like a 20-10-2 kind of guy. And if that's the case, and if the Spurs are exciting, pick up him the All-Star game. Because, you know, it's, uh, NBA is a revenue-generated league. Right. Uh, okay. I don't hate it. I didn't know. I didn't really realize that that was the last time that a rookie made the All Star game. That's wild. I would have thought you. You think of all the rookies that we've seen the past couple seasons that maybe they would have made at one point. No, they uh they don't let you do it. I mean, they don't really let you um rookies make it. They don't, I don't think LeBron made it as a as a rookie. Well, I'm kind of glad you said that because I kind of ties into what my potential surprise could be in the NBA. And I think everyone is very inclined to say Victor Wembanyama uh, is going to win uh, Rookie of the Year. I don't think he does. I don't think he's going to win Rookie of the Year. Really? I, I think Scoot Henderson is going to win Rookie of the Year this year. Um, I Not think, even Chet? Uh, I want to say Chet. Because uh, because you 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 talked about I talked about how the Thunder were going to make the playoffs. I think what it comes down to me for Scoot is he's obviously now the the, the young future of that team, and now you're adding DeAndre Aiden to that team as well as Brogdon and Robert Williams. That's going to give Scoot a lot of opportunity. He might I think Scoot has a really good chance of averaging a double double this season. I think he's got the scoring ability. He'll have the playmaking ability as well. And he'll bring some electricity back to Portland because they haven't seen it since the early days of, of Damian Lillard. And that's what they're looking for right now in a player. They need someone to make sure that they can bring fans to the arena because you're looking for a new face of the franchise. I think Scoot will do that for this team. I think the biggest reason why I don't want to pick Wemby is because of injury concerns. I think, unfortunately, at some point in the season, there's going to be an injury and that's going to cost them a couple games and might cost them rookie of the year. Uh, I, I respect it, but I'm going to have to... Uh, I know. Obviously, in that. your case, you don't want that to happen. I could definitely, it's definitely possible. I could see that. It's a plausible outcome, but um, I'm respectfully going to decline that and say no. Okay. I, I listen. I understand. It, it, it ties in, unfortunately, with your potential surprise, but it is what it is. That's why we are in the mushing hour, if we want to call it that. <laughs> so who All knows? right, so- so we are going to have a very exciting NBA season. I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be very exciting. Uh, it's one of the most unpredictable sports, at least uh, star-wise. Uh, anyone's opinion can st- uh, change at the drop of a dime. There's drama. There's great games, uh, big moments, and I can't wait for this season. And Before we uh, sign off today, Nick, do you have anything else you'd like to add to the um, end of this season, what, what you're looking forward to? Uh, I've been heartbroken by a lot of my teams these past couple months. I need the Knicks to do good because if they don't, I will have I will be very miserable. Uh, me and you both. I, I agree with you. Yeah, it has been these last couple months have been absolutely brutal watching some of these uh some of my favorite sports teams. So I need the Knicks to be good, and if the Knicks don't be good, then I'm really relying on St. John's to be good. So Rick Pitino had a big scrimmage yesterday, winning the uh, winning against Rutgers in double, double overtime, and uh, they were up by twenty at some point. Went to double double overtime, but Rick Pitino said he'd rather win in double overtime than win by twenty because of all the lessons you can learn. And I I tend to agree with him, and that should be the, the uh, philosophy for any NBA coach going forward. Right? Early in the season, you want to I would want my teams to go into triple overtime, 
to learn <laughs> mistakes at that point to know that no lead is safe. And I know a lot of NBA players we've seen like, you know, a ten point lead in the NBA now is equivalent like a two point lead ten years ago. Um, yeah. it, it it just with the three ball you can cut a ten point lead in ninety seconds now. Well, I'm sure we'll be talking about this upcoming M- uh, I almost said NBA, but we'll be talking about this upcoming college basketball season because I know. How big for us, it's going to be big with uh, St. John's and all the momentum that we have and hype going into this season. But that should be another fun year as well. The college basketball always brings a fun time for any basketball fan. And I'm sure we'll see some really good moments this upcoming season. And hopefully for us, maybe some March Madness because we have not seen that in a very long time. So who knows? I hope so, and I just do want do want to plug one thing. We are going to be set up at the Central Jersey Card Show, not this weekend, but next weekend, November 4th. That's going to be at Middlesex County Community College, November 4th from the hours of 9 a.m. to 2 p.m., and I'm hoping to see everyone there. Again, that is in two weeks, but we're going to start plugging it now because it's one of the largest shows in the Central Jersey area, and I know to a lot of our listeners in the tri-state area, yes, Central Jersey is a real place. It is not just north and south. Yeah, make sure to look at all of our socials for any for more information on that card show in the next couple of weeks. Follow us at our Instagram at agmb underscore underscore sports underscore cards on Instagram and all other social media accounts as we'll give you more information on that upcoming card show and future card shows that we'll be doing in the next couple of months. So next couple of months will sure, certainly be some fun times here at the AGMB sports team as well. As this upcoming NBA season, it should be a fun one to see how it all unfolds. But that is going to do it for this week's edition of the All Gas No Break Sports Show. The 2023-2024 NBA season is just on the horizon. Tip-off is in two days, and we'll have to see how all of it unfolds this upcoming NBA season. Hopefully our New York Knicks make the postseason and make some noise in the NBA playoffs. And we'll have to see how all of it unfolds in terms of who wins the NBA championship, MVP, and all those other fun awards. This has been Nicholas Pavona, joined alongside by Andrew Johnson with the All Gas No Break Sports Show. Have a great rest of your weekend.